Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week we're talking about the movie Ophelia, the TV series The Americans, and the comedy special Drawn from Tignataro. So that's kind of a, a really different set of things. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you recently watched the movie Ophelia, which I've only barely heard about, so I'm really interested to hear more about it. Yeah, sure. Interestingly, I've been wanting to see this movie for a long time. It came out in 2018, but I think it had must have had a limited release, and it was just not on any streaming services except... I think you could buy it, but you couldn't rent it for a while. It didn't show up till like last year. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it showed up on Netflix last month. And I was like, ooh, I've been wanting to see that. So it's directed by Claire McCarthy. It's based on the Hamlet story by Shakespeare. But on top of that, it's based on a book called Ophelia by Lisa Klein, who from a quick little Wikipedia search, used to teach English at Ohio State. Oh. Sorry. The Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And um, it was adapted for the screen by Semi Cellis. I apologize if I got that pronunciation incorrect. But it is a Hamlet from Ophelia's perspective, which those sorts of stories are always very interesting to me. And my my relationship with Hamlet is a bit complicated. <laughs> oh. Because... <laughs> We had a freshman writing class in college, as I'm sure many schools do. And the one that I landed in, I can't remember if I picked it or if I just landed in it, but ours was on Hamlet. So we spent all 16 weeks reading Hamlet oh. and rereading Hamlet and watching like every single adaptation out there. Wow. I know. Okay. It was kind of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually read the Ophelia book a couple years ago and I found it pretty interesting but I always get excited when there are new takes on Shakespearean stories like I love Kenneth Branagh's versions a lot because he always sets them in unusual time periods and things like that <laughs> and with the tragedies especially they're so male heavy that's really interesting when a contemporary author tries to look at it from the main female perspective. Mm -hmm. So this stars Daisy Ridley, whom I think we all love. And if you don't love mm -hmm. her, then don't tell me that you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Watts stars as Gertrude. Mm. Clive Owen is Claudius. And George McKay is Hamlet. And also, I almost forgot, Tom Felton of Harry Potter fame is Laertes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ophelia's brother. And Daisy Head plays one of the Queen's servant ladies, and we recently saw her in Shadow and Bone. She played, oh my god, what's her name? I don't know. I don't know the actor's names from Shadow and Bone, <laughs> even though we watched it really intently. Jenya. Is that her name? Oh, 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 oh yes, yeah, yeah. yes. She okay. played Jenya. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Cool. She was a recognizable face. I was like, hey, I know that person. <laughs> and of course, Daisy Ridley is from, everyone knows her from murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> that's true her most famous film her most famous film <laughs> yeah so this is this is really kind of a weird weird movie but i ended up really liking it 
I watched it a couple weeks ago, and I can't really describe the aesthetics very well, but I remember just, I think I texted a friend while I was watching it. I was like, ooh, this movie is really pretty. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things that I think is kind of cool is a lot of the costumes and everything are darker, and, and the castle is darker, but I feel like it uses a lot of natural light, or what is meant to be natural light. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was kind of interesting, but it is very nice to look at. And it starts before the Hamlet play. You really do have to be familiar with Hamlet because it skips or it doesn't skip around like back and forth, but it skips over some major events in the play. Mm-hmm. So it sort of assumes that you are familiar with it. So okay. if you're listening to this and you've never read Hamlet, this might not be a movie for you. <laughs> or you know you can go out and watch an adaptation of hamlet and then watch this that might be kind of interesting actually yeah but yeah it's it's from ophelia's point of view and she in this her family's not noble and she sort of gets plucked out as a child from you know running around the court by the queen and she grows up as a lady's maid but none of the other maid servants like her daisy head's character is really mean to her, which I was like, Genya, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's sort of very isolated at court, and she is one of the few women who knows how to read because she grew up with her brother, and her brother would like sneak her into the library and things like that. So there are a lot of ways that she is alone, and she becomes sort of a favorite of Queen Gertrude, which could prove favorable but then the events of hamlet get sent to motion and claudius poisons the original king hamlet and hamlet goes on his like emo bender uh trying trying to like figure out if if it was the uncle and like what he should do about it and all that stuff and he drags ophelia and everyone in the court into this uh, into this sticky situation you know mm-hmm. and i think this is an attempt to give ophelia a bit more power over her own story which i really appreciate and basically she and hamlet before the events of the play they have sort of a dalliance they fall in love so the whole time she's sort of wrestling with her love for hamlet and her loyalty to the queen and the queen absolutely goes mad with anger when she finds out about Hamlet and Ophelia and she's balancing that with her you know weird fondness for her father because he's he sort of dismisses her but he's still her father and then when Hamlet kills him it's like oh my god what does she do so she's really grasping for power and direction in a a story and a situation that don't really give her many ways out Mm -hmm. Uh, And the interesting thing, I don't want to like, I don't know, I don't want to give it away a ton, but one of the very, very interesting things is Naomi Watts also plays a witch who lives in the forest. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's really kind of strange. She came on screen and I was like, wait, is that? Okay, yes, that is also Naomi Watts. And (laughs) (laughs) it is explained But that connection that she has with the witch leads her into having a little bit more autonomy and making her own decisions 
and it sort of flips the play on its head, the events of the play. And like I said, I don't want to give away a ton, but I was really happy with just how Ophelia is the center of the narrative and she is given some power back and gets to make her own choices and things like that. While also being like, wow, these men are really kind of dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I want to say more, but I, I can't. I don't think so. Okay. Another thing that I liked was the music. I'm always very into the music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that poem that Hamlet writes for Ophelia. Doubt thou the stars are fire. Doubt that the sun doth move. Doubt truth to be a liar, but never doubt I love, which my freshman writing teacher made fun of. He was like, it's so bad. And I was like, oh, I think it's kind of (laughs) cute. But what they do is they take those four lines and they make it into a little song. And that repeats a lot throughout the movie. And it's sort of like a haunting refrain. And I just really like that effect a lot. Cool. And in addition to Ophelia, I think it gives a little bit more characterization to Queen Gertrude mm-hmm. and also attempts to give her back some power as well. So yeah, it's a very like contemporary feminist take on Hamlet. And I think you would find it interesting. Cool. Yeah. Now I have to ask, since you watched so many different versions of Hamlet <laughs> in your class, yeah. and maybe otherwise, what was your favorite one? My favorite is one that I don't think should be my favorite anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just because of who is in it. But I actually really liked the, I think it's from 1990, the version with Mel Gibson. Yeah. yeah. I hate to say it. That's mine too. And I hate it, but I, I hate to say that, but it is really, he paired, I think he wrote and direct, or he edited the script and directed it too. Mm-hmm. He paired it down to what was really the quintessential important parts of the story. It's very well acted. It's beautifully shot. And yeah, it's the it's the easiest to understand, in my opinion. I yeah. like the Kenneth Branagh one, but it's really long. And there's a terrible one with Ethan Hawke. Did you guys watch that we one? We absolutely watched that one. <laughs> oh, man, that one. I like Ethan Hawke, and that's probably less problematic, but it's so weird. Mm-hmm. So my opinion is that somebody should watch, uh, sadly, the Mel Gibson Hamlet, mm-hmm. and then watch Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Okay. And then watch Ophelia, and you'll get the full Hamlet effect. Nice. I actually have never seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. That's really, really cute. You would like it. It's, it's you know, it's those, these minor characters, and it also owes a lot to Waiting for Godot. Okay. It's very absurdist and silly, and I think it's, oh, it's Tim Roth is one of them, I forget. Or Tim Roth and Gary Oldman. Okay. Yeah, and they're really funny. It's from around the same time period as Mel Gibson's Hamlet, but it's very good. So, yeah. Awesome. I think that would make a good Hamlet day just to like, <laughs> watch, watch all of those back to back. Yeah, that would actually be really neat. I don't know if I have any friends who would do that with me <laughs> besides you. <laughs> I, would, I would. Cool, let's do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> but you have been watching something very, very different than this, yes. and you're really into it. So tell us about that. Yeah. I've been watching The Americans, which is a spy drama that was on FX. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime, and there's six seasons of it. I am only in season two, but I wow. really, really like it. It was on from uh, 2013 to 2018, so it hasn't been off that long. Okay. 
And it stars Carrie Russell and our friend Matthew Reese from Perry Mason as these two KGB agents in the early 1980s. And they have been, they received special training to completely pass as American citizens. So they are, they have no accent, they have fake identities, they pose as a married couple, they do have two children together. Their kids do not know that they're spies, and they just live in a Washington, D.C. suburb in Virginia, and they pretend to be travel agents, and one of their neighbors is an FBI agent, so that's a little stressful. Yeah, Yeah, it's just really, really good. And also, um, Margot Martindale is in it as one of their handlers. She's a KGB agent also, and she's amazing. It's very stressful, though. One of the things that's really cool about it is... It's shot in certain ways. It feels very much like it was made in the early 80s, but it does. It's, it's also very Mad Men in certain ways that it, it's, mm-hmm. you can tell it's made now in terms of what it's depicting, its sensibilities and the critique of the culture of the time that it's depicting. Mm-hmm. But the cinematography makes it look a little grainy, but not in a way that's distracting, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And the FBI agent who's their neighbor, Stan Beeman, is played by Noah Emmerich. And he is morally conflicted about all kinds of things. He ends up having an affair with his... He befriends this woman who works for the Soviet embassy, and he turns her into a spy for him. But she's really a double agent. It's a whole thing. And he starts having an affair with her, and it's just super stressful. And yeah, and the interesting thing about the couple is that they are pretending to be married. They're not like really married. But they have had these two children together. They're sort of not really in a relationship, but they sort of are. And hmm. they have to do a lot of things that make each other jealous. And it's their relationship is very strange and unusual. And it lends itself to a lot of shipper drama if you want to get into like <laughs> wanting them to be a real couple or not. They are a real couple in real life. They met on this show. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. But the funny thing is that Carrie Russell's character, Elizabeth, is a lot more committed to the cause of the Soviet Union than Philip, Matthew Reese's character. Okay. He is conflicted. He is very kind of sometimes he gets very scared about getting like found out. And he's like, let's just turn ourselves in and maybe our kids will be saved from getting murdered by other spies and stuff. And wow. she's like, no, they wouldn't understand, you know. And um, sometimes she wants to tell her kids the truth. And, you know, it's a lot of nuance because they've been enmeshed in American culture for like 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, you have to play this character so long that it's sort of after a point, what is the real you and what cause are you really fighting for? And this is also a period of his- in history when really, I mean, the Soviet Union is doing terrible things to the United States, but the United States is doing terrible things to the USSR and around the country, Mm -hmm. uh, around the world. And, you know, there's this question of, in hindsight, who is really right and who's on the right side of history. And it's just really interesting. And it's kind of more interesting to watch it in hindsight because it is more critical. If this was made when it takes place, it would be very rah-rah America, blah, blah. But it's not really like that. It's really, it shows the kind of the the problems of both sides and i find that really interesting but that you know this is a period where there is the very very real 
nuclear war threat between the two nations. So mm-hmm. these are these are extremely fraught things that they're fighting for. And then the other thing that's really interesting is that they're doing all this espionage with no modern technology whatsoever. So there's number stations that they have to listen to, and they have to call people from payphones, and they have to bury weapons in the forest and (laughs) hide them that way. And it's all very, they have to plant a lot of bugs, and there's a whole, like, it's really stressful. And Mm -hmm. like, to have to even plant a bug on someone, Philip ends up having to romance this FBI secretary to the point of marrying her. Oh my gosh. As a different person, because... Otherwise, he cannot get her to do things like plant bugs in her boss's office without her being taken in and, and in love with him so that she'll do things that he wants her to do. Wow. So there's so many disguises, so many, like, not that bad of wigs usually, but <laughs> sometimes they'll show up somewhere and they're being all serious. And it's like, but you're wearing this, like, blonde wig and you look totally ridiculous. But, you know, that's what they had to work with. And yeah. Yeah, and their kids, their older kid, their daughter Paige is a teenager, and she does start to get kind of snoopy at a certain point. Okay. And she's not dumb, so she does start to kind of wonder what's going on. Why don't we have any extended family members? And like, why are, why is mom gone for weeks at a time when it turned out she was recovering from being shot? Oh, geez. Like, it's stuff, you know. Yeah. Things that you can't really hide from your children, but to not have children in this suburb and trying to blend in and look really bland, they felt like they had to have kids. And so mm-hmm. now they are in this predicament. So it's really, really good. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I keep saying stressful. It's all very stressful. <laughs> You've been watching a lot of stressful things lately. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. You need something to help you chill out, mellow out. <laughs> I think so. Gosh. You said you're on season two? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you have a ways to go. I do, but we do keep watching it like almost every night, <laughs> <laughs> at least one. But you know, because of the the tenor of it, it is hard to do more than one. Mm-hmm. It did win some Emmys. Yeah, Matthew Reese, in in fact, won for lead actor in a drama. Okay. Cool. But the writing is really good. It really, I like that Elizabeth is kind of the center of the show. She is okay. You know, she's kind of an anti-hero. You do really question her motives and loyalty and alliances. But, you know, she really does care about her kids no matter what. And she really thinks she's doing she thinks she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so you do kind of end up rooting for her. But it's also like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> she might need to assassinate someone or whatever. You oh, know, geez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, this is a far cry from Carrie Russell's most famous role as Felicity Porter <laughs> in Felicity. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so that's that's pretty fun. Cool. So yeah, it's it's really good. Awesome. I I don't know if I'm going to put that on my list just because you said stressful like five times. So <laughs> but it's very it's very beautifully shot and it for people who are who are fans of spy dramas or just period piece like like Mad Men, it is very similar in certain ways to Mad Men. So anybody who's uh, liked that would probably like this a lot, too. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Well, we w- both watched something a lot, uh, very tonally different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched the Tignataro animated special Drawn on HBO. And that was actually your pick. What made mm-hmm. you pick it? 
I had seen a promo for it and thought, well, that's different. It's a comedy (laughs) special, a stand-up comedy special, but it's all animated. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious. I've seen some of her other specials and thought, well, that looks kind of fun. So yeah, we (laughs) picked that sight unseen to talk about. So what did you end up thinking about this? Well, I actually, I know who she is, but I've never seen any of her other specials, stand-up specials. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really familiar with her style at all. And it threw me off guard a little bit. She's very dry. Mm -hmm. But once I got into, once I realized that it was going to be unusual, I got into it and I was like, okay, this is, I can dig this. And it, it ended up being very, very interesting. I don't think it was like super laugh out loud funny, like I expected, mm-hmm. but it's very different from like what I would expect from a typical stand-up show. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if that's a her thing or if it's sort of a recent thing because Hannah Gatsby and Bo, Bo Burnham, is that his name? Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. been doing like some sort of, some kind of out of the box type comedy specials. So I don't know if if that's in the same vein, I would classify it as. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I watched it. I don't think I'm going to run out and recommend it to everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's pretty, it pretty neat. What did you think about it? I really liked it. I thought it was... I liked that there was... This was all of the material was recorded pre-COVID, so there's no COVID references at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a little respite from that. All of the segments are kind of animated in different styles. It's kind of like she's just telling multiple long stories, I guess, yeah. which is, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's not really laugh out loud funny, although the, there were some moments where I did laugh. And yeah. it was a little bit darker in some places than I thought it would be because she's had a lot of medical problems and a lot of it was kind of based on that mm-hmm. or childhood anxieties or <laughs> like... <laughs> just like strange things that have happened to her and probably more exaggerated. There were parts of she tells this long story about uh, wisdom tooth extraction. And (laughs) (laughs) that was was pretty good. Yeah, it was kind of gross. Oh, but I was like, on the floor. It was really funny. (laughs) And then the segment where she's talking about the Dolly Parton song toward the end was also (laughs) very dark and very funny. And I don't really want to spoil her jokes. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you like comedy that is very dry, sort of a little bit dark, I don't think she's that dark. It's no. The darkness is all about herself, so it's not, and she's very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. I think she thinks very highly and very poorly of herself <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> Which I kind of get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, the best way I can describe it is just like different, and it's not, gonna, when you go into it, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be, but it's still really interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. And when I said it wasn't laugh out loud funny, I didn't mean it wasn't funny at all. Mm-hmm. There were moments where I did actually literally laugh out loud, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't like in stitches the whole time, I guess. No, no. But yeah, no. it's a series of stories that are just kind of strange. And once you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of how her brain works, and we're going to go with it, you know? (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she also does acting, and a lot of her characters are sort of like this, too. She's on Star Trek Discovery, and I love her character because she's just kind of like, she just says whatever, and is really like, okay, this is what's... And she's like the voice of reason, Mm -hmm. sort of. 
Like she gets, I don't know, the, the stuff that you wouldn't, like if you're really on a starship in Starfleet, like some of the most ridiculous things that you observe, nobody's actually commenting on them, but her character will like comment on them. And it's like, she's the audience insert in a way. And I okay. like that a lot. So cool. But yeah, and I love I, the animation style changes with each story. Mm-hmm. I really liked the animation style when they would show her when she was little. It was so yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah, it was very cute. So I think it was really an interesting thing to do because these were all audio recordings of shows mm-hmm. from pre-COVID. And so this is a way to create a new comedy special without endangering anyone because you're taking previously recorded material that didn't have a visual. You're doing something else really creative with it. And, you know, there's a lot that is just her standing on stage, but it's a little cartoon version. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was pretty clever, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something I would have thought of. And I mean, I don't want to say experimental because that feels like a little bit too far away from the mainstream. But yeah, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like she was just like, hey, I have this audio stuff and what can I do with it? And we're going to try this new thing, which is turns out to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really fun. And if people saw Bo Burnham's Inside and feel like that's the quintessential pandemic way of doing comedy that's not the only way to do it <laughs> and this is way less of a bummer so <laughs> i good. recommend them both i really liked both of them but they both demonstrate different types of ways that you can be creative with having limitations put on you so yeah yes. yeah she did this thing where sometimes an audience member would shout something out and she <laughs> <laughs> and she would sort of like create a little dialogue with them uh-huh. but it was with herself and then that would be animated and she would be playing like both like all the characters I, I just i don't know i just thought that was really cute yeah that was very cute yeah so i think i definitely recommend it it does have it's weirdly gory though because there's yeah so much stuff where she's had all these kind of dire medical problems over the years and she gets really you know, specific about them. And sometimes there's a lot of blood on, but it's all cartoon. So it's not really that gross. But I was a little surprised at how gory it was. (laughs) Yes, me too. Yeah. So if you don't like cartoon blood, be ready. Be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Although, if you've been listening to the past couple weeks episodes, I've been watching some very bloody movies. Mm -hmm. And I had to turn away from those. I didn't have to turn away during the cartoon blood. Just (laughs) yeah. So that maybe gives you a baseline. (laughs) Yes, yes. But I think I'm definitely going to look up her some more and and watch maybe some of her other specials. Yeah. Yeah. She has another special that's not too old that is on Netflix. Okay. And I will say the one, I'll I'll spoil this joke for everyone, (laughs) that there's a whole sequence about her and her wife and their cat and that Tig would talk to the cat in the cat's language and her (laughs) wife is like you're making fun of her and how do you know you're not like (laughs) saying it wrong or offending her like you're using her language like you're meowing at her basically but you're not your pronunciation is off so you don't know if you're saying something (laughs) offensive and I just died at that I thought that was so cute that sounds cute (laughs) right well next week all three things that we are going to talk about are TV shows, and they are Kevin Can F Himself, Happy Endings, and The Wild. So all very different, kind of like today's episode. 
<laughs> yes, very, very different. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You could find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. You can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you want to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And please rate us and review us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.